Hello, I'm Mallory Rubin. And I'm Van Lathan. Check out the Ringerverse podcast from The Ringer for all things superhero movies, nerd culture, and fandom entertainment. We have instant reviews and fun takes on all the latest news and more available now on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I dot com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Someone else noticed that they were recording this thing and they said like, and now you sound depressed. It would be just like... <laughs> was it Stadio? Yeah. <laughs> <It> was... <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Stadio Podcast and Ring RC. I'm Misa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I am all right, thanks, man. How are you? Very well, thanks. Very well, indeed. Nice. Chilling, yeah. Nothing, yeah. nothing dramatic to report, yeah. Nice, before your big promotional tour. Yes, oh yeah. The one thing I'm slightly sad about, um, I was looking at all the promotion for this book I've written, obviously, with Ian, uh, Striking Out, children's book coming out September 2nd. And the sad thing is, I was looking at all the dates and realising I'm just really not going to see anyone. It sounds like a dream, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I forgot who I was speaking to. Yeah. In, getting the money, out. People, yeah, MF, MF Doom, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like um, people are like, oh, can we catch up? And I just like, there's just, there's just not time to see anyone. Left on red. Well, no. <laughs> that, would, that, would imply, that would imply people getting in touch, but... <laughs> Oh, I'm only joking, by the way. If I, well, if I was, you know, it's a, very, a peek behind the curtain is the true self. It's very sad not being able to see anyone, even though you don't like seeing people. But <laughs> I'm very social. Leave me alone. That's true. You're very social. Um. Anyway, should we do some admin. Let's do it. Let's do it. And uh, the most important bit of admin. Hope everyone's staying safe and well. Getting vaccinated if you can. Uh, second bit of admin. Right, his house went up on Wednesday. Mayoa's debut. Smashed it. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. Definitely tell he was growing into the game. A couple of early touches just to get used to the rhythm. Later on, he was 
doing step overs and all sorts. Triple nutmegs. Great new signing. Very, very good. <laughs> Laying assists on plates. No doubt. Good squad depth this very year good, for Rice House. Yep, yep, yeah. Stadio yeah, yeah. Atros plays on Spotify. If you like all the music we play out on each episode, just search for Stadio Outros on Spotify. Also, you've got a piece going up on the ringer this week. I do about Kylian Mbappe. Oh, actually, I had a question about that. Hmm. Is Mbappe gonna go? Oh my God, he's done it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Maybe we'll save that. Maybe I'll wait for your piece. Maybe we will. Yeah, yeah, maybe we will. Yeah, other bit of that, I mean, thanks to everyone who went and checked out the Caracom stuff. If you haven't done it already, caracom.uk. Go and check out Caracom. Sign up for the island. It's dropping soon. Uh, we, talk, we spoke about it on Monday's podcast, but yeah, like Callum hit me up and was like, well, a lot of people come through from Stadio, so thanks very much. So yeah, thanks to everyone supporting that because Caracom is great. And um, yeah, the, the island, which is going to be Caracom 3 and more of a conceptual multimedia experience as opposed to just a magazine. Yep. It's incredible. It's incredible. So if you haven't already... Callum the Great. Yep. Caracom.uk, go and check it out. I think that's all the admin. So today we're going to do a mailbag, but quickly, do you want to touch on a couple of results? But maybe we don't have to go into the games, but uh, there were goals. There were goals, goals, goals. There were goals. Uh, Benfica are through to the Champions League group stages, which is really exciting for them. Salzburg went through, obviously. Shakhtar, Monaco, man. This is a really good thing. I think Colin Miller wrote a thing about this, actually saying that what's the point in going, if you're going to get rid of extra... Uh, if you're going to get rid of away goals, what's the point of doing extra time? You might as well just go to penalties. That's right, yeah. I, I, think actually, I actually think that's quite fair if you think about that's it. That's fair, very fair, yeah. yeah. Shakhtar going through <laughs> thanks to an own goal. Horrifying own goal. Oh, In the 113th minute. Just terrible luck, really, more than anything else. Poor Niko Kovac. FC Sheriff going through against Dinamo Zagreb. Thanks to the first leg hammering that they gave him. 3-0. For those who don't know about FC Sheriff, they're a really interesting story in a kind of autonomous part of UN and officially it's Moldova, but they're like an autonomous state within that. Transnistria? Yeah, I think that's how you yep. pronounce it. Shout to Abbas Asaria, who wrote that. You may have recognized his name. He wrote the amazing Basque Derby food piece that we put up on the Stadio site. Might have dropped one of the greatest football tweets of all time. Also on the Clash tip. He did, you know, the handshake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The handshake meme. Being called Moldovan, rock the Casper. Sharif don't like it. Yeah, yeah. They don't like being called Moldovan, for sure. This is one of the greatest tweets I think I've seen in a long time. <laughs> so good. Shouts to Abbas. Literary. Genius. Elsewhere, Bayern Munich stuck 12 past Bremer, SV. Can I say one thing I liked about that result? I love the fact that Bayern gave them the full Bayern. Yeah, they, they didn't, they didn't like... Yeah, they didn't half step. And actually, sometimes it's patronizing. There was, um, there was a time when I think Stephen Gerrard came out and did this. He played against, was it Total Network Solutions for Liverpool? And he got like a hat trick. And the players came out, the, the Welsh team, they came out and they said afterwards, we loved it because he gave us the full Stephen Gerrard. Like mm-hmm. he, didn't, he didn't half step. He didn't patronize. He didn't go easy. He was like, this is what it's about. And I think players down those leagues are like, when you play Bayern, you want to play Bayern. You look at the mm. team sheet and you want, to, you want to see that Thomas Miller is playing against you. Yeah, I mean, Bremer are in the Bremen Liga, which is the regional league, the fifth tier of German 
the German yeah. football pyramid. So, I mean, this would be the equivalent of someone like Chelsea playing or Manchester City playing someone in the National League. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. Arsenal. Surprisingly in the Carabao, well, not surprisingly, but in the Carabao Cup for this early stage for the first time in a long time. Well, I knew the result was good because Twitter was weirdly happy. Hey, listen, and actually, you know, although he had a good debut the other day, Mayowa, you know, I was like, look at all these goals. And he was just like, don't let him reel you in, Ryan. I was just like, <laughs> let me live. Goals. I was uh, like, hey, listen, goals are good no matter the context. Exactly. Let me live. <laughs> I like the TIFO boys said, points are bad. They're really, really bad. But goals are good. They're really, really good. Good bunch that lot. What, the Arsenal boys? Yeah, very good bunch, actually. I'm not sure about the Arsenal. Not sure about Arsenal. Erdogan making his second debut for Arsenal. And um, do you know what? It was just nice. It was just nice to see Arsenal score a few goals and keep a clean sheet. I mean, West Brom, we had 11 changes from the weekend. There were a number of academy players. Let's be honest, like, just enjoy it because it was just nice to see Arsenal put aside away for a change. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal can take nothing away from, like, nothing from this game and apply it to the Man City game apart from just remembering what it's like to create and score. That's literally it. And also, to be honest, just like a break in some of the pressure. Yeah, actually. Like, because oh, it, would yeah, been, it, would, it, would, it would have been, yeah, because actually, I'm not being funny, but the doom and gloom, like you could so imagine a 2-1 defeat to West Brom. Oh God. I mean, don't even, yeah, that exactly. And that's why I didn't watch the game, but I remember just checking on the score last night and being like, phew, that has spared... That has spared a lot of people at club a lot of hassle just for the next week. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, the first 10 minutes, I was just like, mm. oh no, God. No. West Brom were good the first 10 minutes, I thought. And then Arsenal, once that first goal went in, it was away. But yeah, Aubameyang hat trick. It wasn't the biggest win in the Carabao Cup. Southampton sticking eight past Newport. Norwich beating Bournemouth 6 0 on. You know, there was some Villa stuck six. There was some actually, there were some massive wins. Goals. So many goals. Well, it's nice to see teams giving it their best, I think. That is, that is quite nice, I think. Yeah, definitely. Before we get onto a break, quick shout for West Ham. We didn't mention it. Mikel Antonio became their all-time Premier League era top scorer. In very little time. For the last few seasons, he's been motoring, hasn't he? West Ham top of the league on goals scored. Everybody on the moist train. That is a redemption arc. Woo-woo! <laughs> yeah, I loved uh, his lifting up the cardboard cutout celebration as well. Yeah, that was... Um, I... <laughs> There was a funny segment on Football Ramble that Kate Mason put out. She was basically like, what would happen if um, he didn't score? What happens to the cutouts? <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of lies there, like someone behind the wall. <laughs> and, uh, well, that's an idea. Put a cutout there. The only thing more essential than someone lying behind a wall is a cutout lying behind a hoarding, never being seen. Well, not on that note, let's take a break. Let's do it. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear. Especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it you can work out in it. You can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. 
Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Mailbag time. JL says, I really love this question and we might actually spend a bit of time on this one. Can you build a title winning Premier League team by taking one player from each side? If you select a player, it also takes that player away from the team that you've selected them from. Should we do this? That is extremely difficult. I'm getting a pen. I'm getting a okay, pen. We could have done an episode on this, actually, J.O. Yeah, Sorry. that's extremely difficult. Okay, that's extremely difficult. I'm going to start. Can I start with, in goal? Yeah. I would say Emmy Martinez. He's the one you would take from Villa, isn't he? Yeah. 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 This is the thing you've got to remember, because obviously if you take that player, there might be another player from that side that you might want to take. What are we playing, by the way? 4-3-3? 4-3-3, yep, yep, yep. Okay. Are you okay with Emmy Martinez? I think he wins your title. Are we going centre-back or are we going right-back first? Right-back first. Right-back. Right-back's tricky. It is. I was... No, I'll get so much hate for saying... I can't, what am, what I, what am I even doing? What are talking about? It's going to put a hot take in it right back. What are you doing? No, because because all the this problem, all the best right backs in the league, well, not all of them, but most of them are, are one club. But if I take them from that club, I can't take anyone else from that club, and uh-huh. I need to take yeah. Can can we can we go can we go to the top actually? Can we go to like can we start with the forwards actually, and then come back down? I want to put Romelu there. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yes, yeah. Lukaku at, up top, so we can't have anyone else from Chelsea. That's what I mean. I had to kind of come, I had to kind of get that out of the system. Mm-hmm. Can I go Virgil van Dijk at centre-back? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. I would actually like to take Sancho from United. Would you? Ooh. Yeah. yeah That's I interesting. Would. I would, I would. Huh. I mean, I mean, I mean, because is Sancho or, I mean, weirdly enough, there's got Sancho, Varane or um, Pogba from yeah. United. Um, I was actually thinking of using Maguire. Yeah, I was Maguire. Such the problem is a combination of Van Dyke Maguire. Maguire's been brilliant, and in that front three, like the wide fours front three. Then again, you got Salah, Mo Salah. Ah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Um, but do you want to do you want to leave Van Dyke out then? No, because I think Van Dyke's the game changer. You can't. He's the game. He's the He's the game changer. Okay, look. Okay, okay. Then I think De Bruyne goes from. Yep. De Bruyne from City in the three. Yep. I was going to suggest Eves Basuma. In the defensive midfield role. Yeah. How does that make you feel? I think that's outstanding. That's excellent shot. Basuma De Bruyne. Who's the third creative? Do you know what the defense is going to win it? Isn't it the defense is what wins this? I would go. Think about it. If you put Sancho or someone up front, you could always go for someone like James Tarkovsky or even Ben Mee. They're good centre-backs. They're good. They're good. They are very good. Um, Son as one of the wide forwards. Hyungman Son is one of the wide forwards. We're going left. Can play either flank, but let's say left potentially. Okay. Ooh. I think that has to be a thing. That has to be one. I like that a lot. Just delivers. Yeah. It's a tough one, this defence one, because Van Dijk <laughs> is so good, but then... Mo Salah has guaranteed goals. This is the thing. And you need someone that, abs- this is the problem. Like, I don't think a front three, you need a, a, a final, uh, I think it's got to be Sancho, Ryan, because you need a transcendent wide forward. Sancho? Yeah, I think you need a wide forward who scores astonishing amounts so who can score, well, at their peak. This is like, so this is not Sancho 
settling in. This is this is me envisaging peak Sancho, I think. Okay. All right. Sancho, Son, and Lukaku as our front three. Yeah. Ooh. Um, the other midfielder. So, mm, centre-back, though, that's, prov- that's a problem at centre-back. We've made ourselves a problem, actually, yeah. yeah. I feel like we've shortchanged the centre-back. I think I've got that wrong. I think you've got that wrong. I think I think has to be Maguire. I think it has to be Maguire, you know. Yep, I agree. I think I think has to be Maguire, and I think you've got to find the goal somewhere else. Well, think, there's no... You could put Aubameyang as one of the wides. So switch him and Son. Switch, us, switch out Aubameyang to the left and Son to the right, because Son can play off either. Okay. Son. Over. Do we have someone like a Tielemans in midfield alongside De Bruyne? Tielemans, Basuma, De Bruyne. I mean, does that get you there? Does Tielemans, he hasn't kicked on as I would have liked. I mean, he scored the winner in the FA Cup final. I know, I know, but a league campaign, like, then again, actually then they still, he's still absolutely bossed it. They still like almost got Champions League. I was wondering, would, would Declan Rice work in there? No, as the DM, not, no, because he, not no creativity. Basuma's better because Basuma does all of that and then you have Tielemans, De Bruyne and you've got the Belgian connection. Mm-hmm. And you consider how good, you consider how good, I mean, think about it, you consider how good Tielemans was that season. Leicester almost get, almost get Champions League. Yeah. And all the kind of, the kind of run, the kind of running that Tielemans has got ahead of him and the protection offered by Basuma. I think Tielemans, De Bruyne's to two eights is strong. Or, here's a shout, for Fader at centre-back and Pogba in midfield. Oh my God, that's scary. How do you feel about that? Pogba as in... So you've got Pesuma flanked by Pogba and De Bruyne. Ah, Pogba and De Bruyne as a two-eights. Yeah, you can't really mess with that. Should we we do that for Fader at centre-back? that's better, that's better, that's better. Okay, and Pogba. Uh, we need a right back and a left back. Would Leeds give us one of those? I, do you know what? I was thinking about Luke Ayling at right back because I think he's actually really, really good. Like he's really, really good. Like he's really steady. He's good going forward. Also well. the system, the system that we're playing in, you'll need full backs that really do that work. And Leeds mm. have probably the best. I mean, I, I would have, I was thinking Dallas or Ayling, but let's go with Ayling. Let's go with Ayling. Should we go for Ayling? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Because... The person that I was thinking on the other side... Southampton. No, I was actually thinking of um, Aaron Cresswell. Cresswell? I, I'm, I'm biased towards Southampton because I like what they give you going forward. I like the intensity um, that you get from the flanks of Southampton. So I think, I'm just, just looking at the, the style of football that teams play, I think. I'm not sure about that though. Because really? they had the second worst defensive record in the Premier League last season. They conceded 68 goals. Only West Brom conceded more. But you need a high... Uh, yeah. Do you know what's quite funny, actually? We haven't... Arsenal had the second, third best defensive record in the Premier League last season. We've put... Oh my God, we, put, we, didn't even, we didn't even touch Tierney. We didn't even talk about Tierney. Yeah, Tierney's actually a shout. Maybe but you, we but you need someone yeah, further forward, though. There. Yeah, but you need, you need a, a Bamiyang's a better... With that front three, I think you, you need people that can create their own shots. And Tierney at left back is so good. Yeah, I think I'd go for Tierney, actually. And we bump out, we bump out Aubameyang. Oh, poor Oba. All right, let's go Tierney at, right, at left back. And we need a, another wide forward. Son Lukaku, we've got... Hmm. You know what we could put in? Richarlison. 
Yeah, he plays and he, he combines really well with central strikers. He combines it with a Calvert-Lewin. I think Richarlison's a shout. I think... Richarlison, Lukaku, Son. Richarlison's the best forward outside the kind of top four to six, I would say, isn't he? So should we go Son, right, Richarlison, left? It's Richarlison, left. Yeah, Richarlison, left. Son, right, Lukaku, All right, central. so we've got our 11. That's actually a really good team. All right, so let's do our 11. So in goal... Emmy Martinez from Villa. Yeah. Luke Ayling from Leeds at right back. Virgil van Dijk, Wesley Fofana, centre-backs from Liverpool and Leicester, respectively. Kieran Tini, left-back from Arsenal. Yves Basuma from Brighton, flanked by Paul Pogba from Manchester United. And Kevin De Bruyne from Manchester City. Son Heung-min from Spurs on the right flank. Left flank, Richarlison yeah. from Everton. And Romelu Lukaku from Chelsea up front. That is a hell of a team. I think that's a good team, man. I think we've done that's well a there. Really, that's a really, really good team. That's a really good team. And the thing I like about it, because I was thinking constantly about the blend mm. and the blend of players is excellent. I like that. That's a great question. So we got it. And do you think that wins the league? Remember, it takes those players away from all of the sides of the league. As Can well. I be honest with you? I think this team wins the league and then I think it wins. Three straight Champions League. league. <laughs> 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 yeah, I like that a lot. That's, That's a great. great question. And um, before we move on, we actually had a lovely email this morning that I want to read out from James Walcott. Uh, it says, welcome back. Thanks, James. He said, wanted to reach out and say that I'm really glad the podcast has returned. Recently had a long road trip with my 16-month-old son and he found that Uncle Musa and Uncle Ryan are as soothing as a snuggle with mum and dad. Oh. He also... Th- he also thoroughly enjoyed Moose's bellowing yet monotone laughter. Despite being monotone, it still seems to carry great joy. Ha, oh my goodness, that's amazing. So thank you for keeping the toddler quiet for an hour. It made my trip more enjoyable than listening to Coco Melon. That is the highest praise, actually. <laughs> Thanks, James. He does attach a question which said, I suppose I should ask a question. As an American fan, I would love to see Pulisic continue to develop, but it seems like he may be blocked out of the Chelsea lineup by more talented players. Where should he go to find more consistent playing time? Alone to another Premier League team, maybe? I think it's too early to say whether he will be blocked for playing time this season because I think Tuchel likes to use his squad. We actually mentioned this, I think, on last week's show, or maybe on Wright's House. I think he'll get a lot of playing time this year. Uh, he's obviously recovering from COVID at the moment. But if you're looking at this time next season and he's still not getting regular playing time, I think maybe that's when to ask the question. But there were a couple of times last season where he was left out of the starting eleven, and there were a lot of people really unhappy about it online. And I remember thinking, actually, I like this move from Tuckle because as fans, it's very easy to see the starting eleven as the definitive side. But I think now coaches more and more are thinking about tactics the whole game. And they're like, right, we will introduce you at 70 minutes. Pull a stick against tired defences. Terrifying. Terrifying. And that's been the case always with him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think he, you know, will continue to develop in that way. But no, I think he's going to be fine at Chelsea. Also, why would you leave a team that hasn't even begun to peak yet? No. Yeah, exactly. A team that's just, they just won the European, uh, the Champions League. They haven't won the league yet. That team can win stuff together and you've got all this talent. It's exciting, I think. I'd stay around. Mm. So yeah, don't worry about Pulisic yet. He'll be fine. Harry Sethi said, can we get 10 minutes from Ryan on this loving encounter, please? And he posted the, the video of Arsene Wenger and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain chatting at Liverpool training, which was just, oh God, Arsene. Do you know what I really loved about this as well? It was just as, as Alex is like, oh, I've got to go training. And Arsene does the lean over and like pat on the back that he used to do whenever players came on as a substitute. Oh, wow. I was just like, oh, 
Arsene. But this is, Arsene is also doing what I always hoped he would do, which is basically just floating around the game, catching up and saying hi, and everyone just kind of being like, wow, there goes Wenger. Which I think that all great ex-players and managers should just do. Mm. Just float around football, just dropping in by surprise and saying hi at all levels of the game and everyone just being like, oh, wow, thanks for spending time with us. And that's just a, re- a great look. Yeah, it's lovely. It's such a, it's just nice. Of, I'm just nice seeing him not stressed out anymore. He looks very well, actually. Extremely well. Sure. So this one from Neil Cedric. Okay. <laughs> There's a follow-up to this, which is really funny from someone else. You have a football-related infinity gauntlet to snap your fingers. What in the game would you fade to dust? And Jordan Rizzieri followed up straight away saying, this variant of Arsenal's multiverse. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so you've got one thing that you can snap out of the game completely. Musa is inevitable. What, go back in time and, and snap back away, snap away? Either that or, I don't know. I don't know. It's, 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 it's vague. So maybe you could <gasps> snap something out of it that would never return again. Transfer fees. No, I disagree. That keeps a lot of clubs in business, smaller clubs who develop. Well, if transfer fees had never existed, then you'd have, people would pay to go to games anyway, right? So you'd have admission and then you'd, so money would, but they'd also get money from endorsements and TV rights. So things would be structured differently. So barriers to departure would then only be contract law. And if people were like, hang on a minute, let's unionize because the fans have the power because the fans are putting the money in the club and the endorsements are being rerouted and we unionize, then you'd have better freedom of movement for players and better autonomy because then sometimes the, the transfer fee is what is keeping all of that in check. So I think if you went back at a certain point in history and got rid of fees and the income streams were different, it would empower fans more. If players unionized, it would empower players more. Yeah, but that's the thing though. You're snapping, you're snapping away a lot of stuff there. You can only really it's my, snap. It's my, it's my gauntlet though, isn't it? So, <laughs> sorry. Last, last time I checked, last time I checked. <laughs> well, you seem to have lost last the sense I, stone. Last time I, well, you've lost the reality stone, haven't you? No, I haven't. Uh, I'm, I'm being very real right now. I was snapping the soul, I was snapping the soul stone, the soul stone. The soul of football stone. I think, um, I think this is proof that the gauntlet should never, ever, ever land in your hands. He's saying I haven't got it. Oh, I know. You Who's saying? I know you haven't got it because you're still here doing this with me. Well, I'm just having fun. Like, I'm having fun on this podcast. You know what? There's very conceivably a podcast, uh, a universe I have where it's just me podcasting into the ether. <laughs> Gosh, it's funny, isn't it? It's a great question because there's so much I'd like to snap away. I mean, I could snap away racism. I mean, that was the quite, thing I was going to nice. like, Sna- like snap away racism in football, discriminatory st- uh, chanting and atmosphere. Like uh, that's, that's something I would love to get rid of. Oh, but- do you know what? Actually snap away homophobia. Yeah. Snap away homophobia in football. Snap away the whole thing. And you change a lot because if the game is more queer, it's like when a neighbor, a neighborhood in any neighborhood, right? The queer neighborhoods, generally people move in, they have to make safe spaces. And they're the ones people are moving into. So if you snap and t- remove homophobia from football at that scale, all these other unintended consequences or unexpected consequences come along. So maybe snap away homophobia, maybe do that in, 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 men, in men's football. Yeah, well, for sure. Like, wouldn't it be yeah. so good if you had like someone, you know, in the men's game, one player yeah. commenting on another player on their Instagram, and then two weeks later, them holidaying together and basically being an item much in the vein of like Sam Kerr and Christy Morris. Like I if, mean, there t- was a, if there has there been a bigger example of shooting your shot, those two are amazing. Well, th- th- then here's the funny thing that 
probably has already happened between two men. We yeah. just haven't known about it. But so like, we yeah. on the yeah, yeah, but as an openly, but you know, you're right, openly, yeah, yeah. But in terms of shot shooting, then again, but that's another that's another podcast entirely. But the politics of shot shooting, <laughs> as a specifically as a famous person on Instagram, because you know, it's extremely bold, Ryan, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, we've kind of done our typical. There are a load of people being like, "Oh, fucking liberals." Yeah, I don't know things. If I if I snapped transfer fees, I can imagine us going to that era and it being an absolute disaster. And everyone just being like, "Why don't we have transfer fees?" And I'd be sitting there awkwardly. I can imagine, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, "Don't look at me. Blame him." Yeah, exactly. Like, what idiot would have done this? And I'm just like, "Oh no." Oh, I like this question from Rich, who says. When a player makes a run and a pass doesn't find them, is it the runner's fault or the passers? For example, in the 57th minute of Arsenal-Chelsea, Jorginho passed to Lukaku, but Lukaku's run was wide, the pass central. On US TV, Graham Lasso blamed the run, Arlo White blamed the pass. I don't get it. They're both to blame. Well, maybe they don't know each other's games yet, but sometimes a pass can be overhit, and sometimes a run can be not right for the type of pass the passer likes making. Mm -hmm. So they can both be accountable. Naturally, in the best teams, both will hold themselves accountable. You know, when like you see players make a pass, it doesn't work out and they put their hands up and they're like, good idea. Mm -hmm. So I think the key is this, the execution may not be perfect, but the idea was good. You made the run. I didn't find you. Just apologize. I'm glad, I'm glad you're making, I'm glad you're making the moves. I'll find you next time. And then you look towards the person that makes the pass. Like you didn't find me, but I appreciate you looking for me. We'll get this right. Mm -hmm. So they're both at fault and they're neither at fault. Schrodinger's assist. Oh, God. <laughs> Poor Ryan. He's losing the will to live. How long till the end of the season? My oh, goodness. <laughs> I think it actually really depends on the player. That's a bit of a cop-out, but I think some players consistently make poor runs. I don't think you really get that at the top level. You say, you say that, but... Yeah, maybe, names. maybe, maybe. Yeah, not, maybe. not to name names, but... Right, if you're playing in central midfield, for example, your job is to always facilitate and be aware of all of the angles and the kind of like, your, like your spatial awareness has to be off the charts if you play central midfield. Yeah. Uh, with the Lukaku thing on the weekend, I'm, I'm not really sure. I would actually lean to it being a little bit more of Jorginho's fault on that one. But there is a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. I think there are clear just kind of miscommunications where you as a, as a central midfielder will assume that the run is going to take place to us towards a certain destination. But also some of the most important runs in football, are the ones that you don't get the ball. They've been playing together for two minutes as yeah. well. Exactly. That yeah, amazing yeah. story at the right you told about Dennis Burkamp in training. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, but where Wrighty kept running or, or, and Dennis was like, just hold, hold, hold your run a little bit. Hold and he keeps hitting on the back of the leg with the pass. This yeah. is one of the great stories I think I've yeah, heard. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, when, yeah. We, when he said that story, I was just like, what? But yeah, I think it's a good question. It happens less frequently the more in sync players are on the same team. And in relation to players moving badly, what I will say is you have a lot of players who've been so gifted at their different age levels that when they get to the professional level or when they're the two or three years into their career, the things that have worked for them suddenly stop working mm. and they don't know what to do. And you can see that they're like, oh my goodness, this was the thing that I did that got me this far. But, you know, Premier League defenders are so smart. A trick will work on them once and it won't work so often again at that high level. You've got to think of new tricks. You've got to keep innovating. I always mention the Ashley Cole example with Cristiano Ronaldo, how, you know, Cole went away and studied Ronaldo and thereafter really like held him in check pretty well thereafter. And movement is the same. You've got to keep changing your runs. 
if you keep doing the same old thing, good defenders will block you, screen you. We were talking about Iniesta the other day in the chat, actually, what a great defender he was. And Iniesta's yeah, yeah. ability to nick the ball, he'd do this great thing he would do where he would like, he'd plant his left foot one side of you yep. to angle your body away. And then he'd just nick it with the right. He'd just flip it almost like standing, almost like a security guard. Yep like just frisking your pockets, you know, minimal contact, then like your pockets are empty. Um, but yeah, so yeah, defending angles, lines. And that question is great because there's one thing that we don't see in, in, uh, in football as people that watch the game, as opposed to those who play it, we don't see the speed that the angles open and close. Mm-hmm. We don't speak. The passing lanes are like incredibly small. It's like passing through a hall of mirrors, basically. Yeah, I mean, level. especially because of the pers- the perspective that we have watching from yes. TV. Like, that's yeah. not the perspective, yeah. you know. It's like, yeah. it's just, I mean, even speaking at the level we play that, just how how fast you think the game is moving. And yeah. it's just, and it's actually when you watch it back, it's really not. Yeah. So at the elite level, how fast it actually is moving is yeah. wild. It's the equivalent of it. Put it. Try and imagine this. Try to imagine like the speed that people are running on those pitches. Try to imagine rolling, let's see, a, a, small, a small foam ball across a busy road and trying to hit the other pavement with all the vehicles crossing. You shouldn't do it, but just imagine, try and visualize that. Please don't that do is, that. that, 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 that <laughs> that's how fast you've got players basically going in various directions at like, mm. you know, 30 odd kilometers an hour at the highest speed. And you've got to pass through gaps that may never, to the ordinary player, those gaps never appear. Well, that was thought, like, no, what made yeah. the Pedri thing so amazing. That pass that he made in, what game was it? Croatia game? Switzerland game. So he's facing his own goal. Ball comes from right. the centre-backs and he plays a pass before the gaps even appeared. And the momentum that, of the midfielders like carried them. That's one of the greatest passes I've ever seen because of the way, it's rarely that you see a pass being hit before the gap is open. Mm. Uh, he's he's enjoying some time off at the moment, finally, Pedri. Uh, actually, on that note, shouts to Jason Merrifield, who a while ago tweeted us saying, because of you guys, my son chose to order himself a Pedri shirt for the upcoming year as opposed to yet another Messi shirt. And this was in June. <laughs> what a decision that was. Yes, it was. Who would have Price known? Look at actually, up. hang on a minute. You know, like Jason Merrifield's son... He knew before Fabrizio Romano. He saw the gap before it appeared. He definitely saw the gap. He was yeah. here we going back in June. You saying that he's ITK? He is definitely, yeah. Jason Merrifield's boy is ITK. <laughs> uh, anyway, Jason tweeted at us again saying, finally arrived in the mail, all the love from Canada. And he's, yeah, he's, he's little has got the Pedri shirt on. He looks so happy. I know. That's a great shirt. Imagine being that. That's such a cool, like getting Pedri on the back of the shirt at that age. Right, exactly. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This one from Sen and Cork is really good. What single change to the rules of the game itself would you make to improve the game? 
She also says, if aliens are real, do you think they play football? I don't think they play football. I don't think they play football. Can I tell you this? I bet they watch football. Oh, they watch it. I, oh, yeah. oh, I bet, I bet they watch football. I bet, I bet they, they have incredible football. data mapping. I make the, yeah, I bet they bet, they bet on like past completion. I bet one of them imagine bet on the al- Imagine the level of alien advanced analytics. Analytics, football. oh my goodness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I reckon aliens watch football and they get really angry whenever the Ballon d'Or is announced mm. because they're like, oh my goodness, the humans are ridiculous. The metrics they're using are all wrong. Quite clearly, Jack Harrison is the Ballon d'Or winner. Like, you know what I mean? They're, they're like, <laughs> on all available metrics. <laughs> Uh, they must still be- pissed off that year that Andre Santos didn't get into a FIFA team of the year. <laughs> the, first, the, first, the first thing aliens will do on human contact, they'll arrive and one of them will be like angrily pointing to a piece of paper and be like, mm. how could you do this? And like, they just won't let it go. We'll be at the banquet, like, like, like getting known to the small to be like, I just, I'm sorry, I just, I just, I've flown so far. I'm so angry about this. I'm still angry. <laughs> yeah, the only one they actually have respect for is someone like Sven Mislintat. Yeah, exactly. They're like, they can't, they won't, they, they, they'll go, <laughs> they cannot believe. What are you doing at Stuttgart? It was right there. You were right there. This should be your um, planet, Sven. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, single rule change. I've got one. Uh, I would have... Is it the kits? You're going to go out to the kits, aren't you? What, the kit? The kit what? The pink kit? Everyone should have a pink kit. Everyone should have a pink away kit. No, I, I would have, if a team, <laughs> because you know, there's a lot of this kind of like, oh, we had all the ball, but you know, we didn't really like do anything with it. Right. Mm. I think if a team has possession of the ball in the opposition half for two consecutive minutes, then they get another ball <laughs> and they get a two minute double ball, like power play. That is hilarious. Amazing. Also, amazing. <laughs> just be carnage <laughs> if the ball stays in one half for two minutes right the team attacking that goal gets a power play and if they score it's it's two goals do you know, do you know? if you want to sit back and absorb pressure then you're gonna then you're gonna face the consequences do you know what's so funny i, I really like that <laughs> yeah, me too. but it also makes me realize that i'm quite um i don't know kind of happy with the way the rules are actually yeah me too or, I, or if you're gonna have extra time if it's nil-nil, no, hang on, I know. If it's nil-nil after 80 minutes, then each team loses one player for the final 10 minutes of the game per minute. Per minute is too quick to absorb the changes. All right, let's say every, think, let's say every two minutes. So then you'll end up with six against six for the final, for any stoppage time at the end of the game, you'll end up against six aside on a full-size pitch. I think you should start that from the last 15. Wow. Let them run. Let them run. <laughs> 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 oh my god I, don't, I know you, everyone's just listening to this but I saw that that was genuinely terrifying <laughs> Musa the Okwankara the overlord that was that was let them run I don't like this variant <laughs> I'm really scared everyone is the only one you're getting I'm trapped in a loveless podcast <laughs> 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 yeah I, I like that yeah so remove a player so yeah, if you have two minutes in one half, the team attacking that half gets a gets a two minute power play and the goal counts double. Yeah. Mm. Or final fifteen minutes, remove one player from each side until you're left with six each. So every two minutes. And then you get final five minutes plus stoppage time with six aside on a full size pitch. <laughs> Imagine sending on Pulisic in a situation like that. Do you know what though? It would just be 
chaos. So I'm here for it. But yeah, I know. I think you're right. The rules are fine. The rules are fine. But I like that question. And now I'm thinking about power plays and removal of players. God, that'd be, that'd be so mad. Unintended consequences, I think. If you do that and it's, everyone's like, okay, 15 minutes in the end, it's just going to go absolutely haywire. Then the first 75 minutes, you just pack out extremely defensive players and then have your speedsters just waiting. Ah, but if you have, if you pack it out with defensive players and you spend too long in your own half, then you get the power play. Oh yeah, it's the second ball. So <laughs> it's so absurd. It's brilliant. I, I, no, I'd, I'd like to watch that. Yeah, I think I said, the power play would be two balls. So you get an extra ball on the pitch, and if you score, it counts twice. So basically, it's nil nil. You spent two minutes in the opposition half. A big fucking air horn goes off, or the lights flash. <laughs> Someone throws another ball on. And then it's just like the crowd, because they imagine the energy. Everyone's just like, oh my God, if we score now, it's going to be count twice. Uh, <laughs> maybe you could get, you could bring in some NBA-isms so you can just have like a... <laughs> if you're playing at home, everyone would be like, defense, defense. Like, you know, and then, and then you, score, you score a goal in that time and it's, and it's 2-0. Even North Macedonia beat Italy 4-0. Exactly, Imagine. exactly. There you go. I'm tempted. I would like to see it. I'd certainly like to watch it for one tournament. And then um, someone gets back in the game. It's two all. And then in the 75th minute, another siren goes off. You must remove one player per side now. It's very, very Hunger Games. I've never watched that movie. I've never watched any I'm, of them, actually. You don't listen. My apocalyptic vision kind of comes from that. Maybe this, this would be called the Hun Games. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. There you go. Yeah, fight me. <laughs> Listen, you knew what this was. The nearest you knew exit from this. What this was. The nearest exit from this podcast. Oh God. All right. Um, I like this question from Gilliam Jacobs at Ghost Jacobs on Twitter. Who is your never give up on guy in football? The player or coach that no matter how many times he disappoints, you just can't stop liking and believing in. Do you know who my never give up on guy is? Who's that? You, Musa. Oh no, I know, I knew it. I walked right into that. I walked right into that. Uh, I'm kidding. I don't know. I find it, do you know what? I find it, I don't want to name, I don't like naming individuals in this context. I'd like to name a team and that'd be maybe like, I think Bayer Leverkusen, just historically, because they were always so close. And even last year, they were amazing until the turn. And they play a really enterprising brand of football and have done for a while. And I always kind of, wanted them to do a bit more. Then if I look across at teams, I'm like, I wish that team took the leap. Because teams like Gladbach, Gladbach have their fun. But, you know, Gladbach got to the, you know, Champions League, you know, knockout right. They've had their modern glory, but Leverkusen have never quite gone beyond. So I guess I root for them. Okay, yeah. so the team that no matter how many times they disappoint, you just can't stop liking and believing in. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows who I support, right? Yeah, it's true, true. Yeah, yeah, that's... Um, I would say Dortmund. Although they won the Pokal last year, so that's hard. That's the thing. They've had a bit of joy. Yeah, Betis. It's, 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 Betis are in there for me. Do you know what I mean? Because it's, it's, it's more like, with me, it's more like teams because if you're a player or an individual... Yeah, it's a little bit too harsh. Like, to but, but, but no, I, I, I said by definition of being um, an elite 
coach or footballer, you've already made it. And that's yeah. as cliche as it's. The, the, the other day, and the reason I want to mention this is because there was conversation about um, a particular player on huge rages and people going, oh, this person needs to move and leave this club and go somewhere else and test themselves. And it's like, well, it's very precarious even to get there as a football, to make it, the odds of making it so, so small. And so why would you abandon the future financial security of your family and yourself and like their descendants to prove a point to a few people on social media. Like, why would you do that? Like, why would you, I think people sometimes forget the precarity. Like if you're, unless you're like an absolutely elite player, the precarity of a football career. And I want to mention specifically, do you remember like Gianluigi Lentini? Of course. Amazing player, early nineties, world record transfer fee, goes from Torino to um, AC Milan and then gets like catastrophic head injuries. Mm and never gets his balance back. And I was like, oh my God, poor Gigi Lentini. This person was going to have one of the great careers of modern times. And I went to his Instagram and he's got like a few thousand followers and he was just tweeting like photos from his old days. Like not in a kind of like, not, it wasn't sad, but it was, it was heartbreaking because he was clearly someone who was like, you know, he's in great shape and everything. But I remember thinking, it's clearly someone who, you know what, 30 years later is like, I didn't do anything wrong. I just had a bad accident. And and that ruined my entire, like, mm. you know, my, my whole journey as a footballer, as a potential great. So I tend to be quite gentle about footballers and expectations because I think we already think about how precarious their path is. Mm. Sorry, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great question. I know that it was intended in that spirit, but it's also like questions like this. They remind me how precarious it is to even be a footballer. Yeah, I mean, the Jack Wilshire thing coach. this week with Ornstein was a prime example. I think someone who... For, apart from one injury which kick-started a load of major injuries problems yeah. could have been an all-time great yeah absolutely could have been. I hope he gets to train at Arsenal because Arsenal have been quite good at opening the doors to people to go back and train with them mm. you know Robert Pires I think still trains <laughs> oh my god that's amazing <laughs> so it's a bit of a shame to hear that Jack Welsh is having to go and train on his own at, um, on an athletics track it would be nice for Arsenal it's, considering he was there from a kid I think um Although I think maybe he probably should have stayed at Arsenal. And he actually admitted that he shouldn't have rejected the possibility of staying at Arsenal and not starting. It would be nice to see him back training at Arsenal because you never know. Like, I think the thing is, is like, I'm not saying that Arsenal should re-sign Jack Wilshere, but he's not playing anywhere else. He's not, he, he's not, he's not going to be... Jack Wilshere is not a bad enough player to not be able to train in and around an Arsenal setup. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Just let him train. Actually, now I think about it. Jesse Lingard's one that I've always rooted for. Do you know why? Yeah. Because when he started doing well again, it's only when someone has a resurgence that you realise how happy you were for them. So you're quietly rooting for them. You know, when you're like, you know, you don't realise that you've been quietly rooting for someone until you see them like thriving. Mm. You're like, oh, thank goodness they managed to pull that out. Because, you know, he was on loan a lot as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Not, not even just the personal stuff, but just as a footballer. People forget how hard it is to come back from loan. Like once you're on your way out, it's like leaving the solar system. Once you're out, you continue leaving the, the orbit, right? I don't know. I've, done, I've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> well, me neither. No, me neither. Right. Let's finish on this one from Moko. Yeah. Who's a player that you could see doing a Mikhail Antonio? Change position and become one of the best in the league. Reese James, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Alfonso Davis. You can picture as centre midfielders, brackets eights, but imagining them at a striker seems pretty wild actually Gareth Bale's the original Michael Antonio isn't he yeah yeah left back to devastating forward player um, I mean Alfonso Davies I can't imagine as Alfonso Davies I can't imagine as a centre midfielder at all actually I don't think he's a centre midfielder but Rhys James and TAA have both played there before 
I can imagine. Um, I can imagine Trent in centre midfield. Well, look, 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 look at even. Well, look at. Well, he already look at the pass he played for. Um, for was it Manny's goal the other day mm. when he gets the ball off Elliot, receives the ball in the eight position, and plays that lovely ball inside. Like he can do that. He can play as the eight in that context with his strong defence behind him. He can defend too, but I think he can play high well. I'd say um, Manuel Neuer is a holding midfielder. Someone said that Victor Lindelof as a six was the answer. Oh, do you know what? I don't oh, hate that. Spicy. I liked that a lot. I liked I it a lot. Do you know what? I don't hate that though. I like that. I, I, I can't remember who it was. Do you know what? I really hope they try that in one game. Can you imagine if Victor Lindelof is the holding midfielder that all United fans have been wanting? Well, because you know that Pep would have tried it by now. Oh, Pep would have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if Pep was Man United manager, Aaron Wambasaka would have already played three full games in central midfield. Yeah, without question. Without question. And it would be like, oh yes, the qualities I saw were so obvious to me. And he makes something, yes. He'd be like, Aaron's one of the most intelligent players. He's such an intelligent guy. Oh my God. The most intelligent guy one I've ever coached. the most intelligent guys I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> Philip Lahm going, what, what? Yo, yo, what's going on? Pep watching, his, Pep watching his phone in a press conference, starts leaping about like a salmon. Pep just ignoring Philip Lahm's exactly. LinkedIn request. Exactly. Hi Pep, I'd really love to jump on a call with you. No. And then Philip Lahm calls up, he doesn't get answers, he calls up Chavi. Oh, the most intelligent thing. And Chavi's like, yeah, me too. I got that too. Chavi's just like, yeah, he does that. Chavi's just like, he does that. Yeah, he does that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Aaron, he's amazing. He's amazing. Most intelligent. He's one of the most amazing guys. Because, you know, when, whenever Pep goes to any club, you know how Pep always just takes one player mm. and transforms them in a way that you could never imagine? I think... Hmm, let's think. I, I, World I, football. All mine, all mine are like either like centre-back to DM. Do you know what? I stick Viv Miedemar in holding midfield. I stick her as an eight. Viv is an eight because Viv would drive into the box and probably still score the same amount of goals that she gets anyway. I mean, sometimes she's virtually an eight. The way the playmaking is almost, the way the depth of the playmaking, the way it begins from. Because her playmaking is lots of assists, but she doesn't playmake from like the absolute 10. Mm. It's slightly deeper. Like it's one of those ones, if you looked at, uh, aliens would be like, she's already an eight. They'd be like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> hmm. I've got it. PK is number nine. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Save him the run. Just stick him up there and let him be. 20, 20 goals a season. Easy. 20 goals a season. Easy. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, you could almost say something about like Sergio Ramos. You know, Sergio Ramos in, you see him on Instagram and the amount of free kicks this person just hammers in, but not just that, the shooting practice. Can you imagine Sergio Ramos leading the PSG line flanked by Messi and Neymar? <laughs> I would actually love to see that. Well, this is the thing. We haven't discussed this because it's a different conversation, but they really, if I were a PSG senior brass, I would actually be extremely anxious about Mbappe leaving for their possibilities. I mean, long-term is really I, I think, I think, I, I think, I think he's really, I think, I think even now, I think they really need him now, to be honest, because if you look at the games they've won and the way he's played and galvanised their front line, the way Mbappe gives you spacing and opens the lineup, even though in the Euros he got criticised for not scoring, Mbappe as a decoy allows everyone to operate. Well, it's not, much it's not even that that really worries me. It's the fact that Angel Di Maria is 33, Lionel Messi is what, 33, 34, and Neymar is 29. It's a bad look if they lose Mbappe. Do you know what this is? It's like, it was, this reminds me of like LeBron teams that get rid of all the youngsters and just get all the boys in and all of a sudden everyone's 35. <laughs> exactly. And that's how a PSG feels. Yep, yeah. yeah. Just get Ronaldo in. It'd be like the Lakers getting Carmelo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
I can't believe I just compared Carmelo Anthony to Cristiano Ronaldo, but... I would say, let me be charitable. I think they're here for a good time, not for a long time. Yeah, I mean, my, I think we said this um, when Messi went, that my gut feeling is that he does the two years at PSG and then goes back to Barca or Newell's. Because he could then go back on a much lower salary. He'd go back on like a really low yeah. um, salary too. Like vet minimum. Yeah. Should we get out of here? Let's do it. Let's bounce. Uh, we hope everyone's staying safe and well, getting vaccinated, if you can. Double dosed. And then we can travel. And then we might come and see you in your town, do a little stand live, bring this chaos to your door. Oh, goodness. Don't forget to check the ring.com forward slash soccer. Musa will have a piece going up this week. Yep, yep. I should probably get on with it and do one for next week. Don't forget to check the Stadio Outro's place on Spotify. Speaking of which, we're playing out with Don Lacker, Stages. Sending this one out to Charlie Bones and all of the Do You family who are missing Charlie on NTS now. Charlie stepped down last week. But yeah, much love everyone. Hope you have a lovely weekend. Oh, anything to add, Musa? The defence rests, Your Honour. Nothing at present. No further submissions. Lack of takes. (laughs) Uh, Stay well, everyone. Have a lovely weekend. We'll be back on Monday. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, 
File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.